1: Our goal is to win for Christ's sakes. And you keep talking about the CBT, you keep talking about prospects and your long-term goal. Like you just basically told us we ain't good enough. We suck. You let us down. Angry get Lou, it. angry Lou. A hole the size of I don't even know what in that bullpen. Keep playing like dog.
2: Recall by manager Lou.
1: Go get me a goddamn first baseman that's what I want. I don't want an outfielder D8. I need a first baseman. Okay, Lou, I I'll ask you something. What? How do you go into the season without a closer? How do you not address the closer situation?
2: Lou, what's up, Bill? Good, how are you doing? Good. Well, it's always great to have you here, Lou. That's right, it's Lou. The socks are done. The only thing left is the over on the season. Fourier is watching that. Like a lot of other people as well. Did you get it at 76? Did you get it at 78? Did you get it at 78 and a half? That's really about all that is left for the regular season for the Boston Red Sox. And joining us now on the Harbor One Hotline is our great friend Lou Merlone. He's brought to us by Shaw's and Star Market, where you can win free groceries in their Grand Slam Summer Sweepstakes. Hello, Lou. How are you?
1: Oh, I'm good, boys. We got nine solid games left. Uh, Looking forward to each and every one of them, including tonight.
0: Uh, uh why i just need four games man is that possible
1: you'd 78 and a half is that what
0: you had yeah <laughs> i hey, have a few other think? people it's honest, honest again you know uh you know uh what do we what do we got
1: i i think it's a big weekend for you and others that's what i think you know and I, we'll see at the end baltimore you know i think they could well, they have it wrapped up everything wrapped up by then maybe so uh, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, it's not going to be. It looked a lot. I think he looked a lot better about three weeks ago. I could say that much.
2: Um, what are you watching in these final nine games? Is it just you know looking at the clock, waiting to get to October second, or is there something to be watching for here, Lou? I,
1: I, for me, it's like when I get to the field and I see the lineup, and I see a, a you know Rafaela in there, and I see a Brayu in there. And, you know, so it's like those are the guys and even like story right now, just trying to watch more of what he's doing offensively. Just some of the questions moving forward. You know what I mean? If you're throwing in Duvall and Yoshida and Turner and Devers, like I already got I already know what they are. Right. Verdugo. It's like whatever. It's like I like seeing the other guys a little bit. So uh, for me, that's kind of uh, where I'm at. And they still compete. I mean, no matter who's out there, whatever, they're. You know, they're out there. They could still capable of putting up five or six runs when they're swinging it, or eight runs when they're swinging it. But Dahlbeck's another interesting one. Like you know, he just wasn't around all year long, and now all of a sudden, it's like he's he's playing free and he's hitting.
0: Well, how much of how much of what these guys do in the last nine games will have any bearing on how they're viewed when you know spring ball comes around? You
1: know, I, I don't. I'm not really sure, to be honest with you, how much it really. Um, Will change, you know, and I say that because a guy like William Abreu to me has played himself Mm -hmm. into the mix of, I think he's an everyday outfielder, you know, just by watching him, hadn't really seen much of him before. Now, if he goes, you know, he's missed three days because of his wrist and he hurt his wrist. So if he goes, you know, one for his next 18, does that change how I feel about him down the stretch? No, you know, and so Rafael is the same thing. Like they know that there's still some more there development there with him. So that's what, you know, so they start looking around and they're like, we kind of have an idea of who everybody is right now. You know, Tanner Howe could get another opportunity to try to go deeper into a game. Like Brian Bale gets absolutely destroyed last year, you know, last time out. And it's like, okay, well, would you lose faith in him? I think decisions are kind of already made, and now you just look at the little things to try to see where these guys can get better.
2: Lou, a uh, texter sends in a question, and I normally don't jump on uh text questions, but yeah. this I think is a pertinent one. It said, Can you ask Lou why Sale is even touching a baseball? At this point in the season with his injury history.
1: You know, I um, I think I agree with the texter. And because I actually asked Cora about this the other day before his last start. And I was like, you know, is this like after this start, like what's what's the purpose? You know, what are we doing here? Because Cora's already admitted that like the most important thing is having him having a healthy off season, And I agree 100%. I think that's the only thing that really matters at this point. The reason why he's out there is because he wants to pitch like he's, that's just who he is. And then they feel like the repetition that he has lost over the last few years, every time out, he might find something, but it's really more about Chris sale. And sometimes you, you should protect him, you know, the player from himself because I, I don't know what going out here tonight is, is really accomplishing or the, or one more start against Baltimore um, may accomplish or whatever it may be. It's like, God forbid something happens. If you're going to get anything from this guy next year, like he's got to have a healthy offseason. You know, to at least get off to a good start, right? So, but right now he's out there because he he refuses to be taken out and wants to pitch every fifth day.
0: Yeah, I expect nothing less That's from him, him yeah. in, in that attitude obviously, but I saw this article in uh in Yahoo Sports and I'll just read you the headline. It says four reasons to be encouraged by the 2023 Red Sox season, mm-hmm. right? And they just mentioned names, and they mentioned Tristan Casas, they mentioned Duran, they mentioned um, uh, Bayo, and then uh, uh, Rafaela and uh, Abreu. Mm-hmm. I mean, is that is that just as basic as it gets? Right, like if you're talking about what you what can you look at as far as this 2023 season finishing in last place? I mean, it just has to be the younger kids, the younger players that hopefully you anticipate taking a even massive step next year.
1: Yeah, I don't know about massive, but I think, you know, just kind of keep going along the way. I think the first three are really what it's all about. The other two are more like depth. You know what I mean? Even though I think Abreu is, is going to play himself into an everyday player. But it's really about Casas, Duran, and Bayo, and what they can become. I think the reason why you feel good about it is because now, there's, now that there's a change in management, you know which direction this is going to go. We all know which direction this is going to go. You know, they have a good farm system. And the biggest thing is a lot of, most of their prospects are now sitting in that double-A, triple-A, as opposed to A-ball. So when you start trading for players, nobody wants a player in A-ball. But they want guys that are big league ready or close to the big leagues. And the Red Sox now put themselves, farm system, into that category. So the trades can be there. You know they're going to spend. They do have some guys under control. They have some interesting arms. So moving forward, and we said this before, whoever takes over is in a pretty good spot, I think, with with an ownership management group that's going to be pretty motivated to do something here to change this, change the course of this team.
2: Uh, Lou is 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 the is Heim Bloom's role really Is the job really open? And the reason I ask is is that I know Jen McCaffrey had the uh, news today of the Red Sox are still searching for their head of baseball operations, but Brian O'Halloran, who had been removed as GM, has accepted a role as an executive VP of baseball operations. Mm -hmm. Do they kind of either know who they're hiring? Is it going to be in-house Normally, I wouldn't think a guy like Brian O'Halloran would be like, yeah, I'll take the job underneath someone that I don't really know who it is unless you're kind of already telling me who it is and I'm just dummying up.
1: Yeah, no, it's a good point. I thought it was strange seeing that as well. Like when he's when when Haim was gone and I was like, oh, Brian's gone, too. You know what I mean? I just felt like like that would be it. But then again, it's like I know he's the general manager, but he wasn't the general manager. You know, like Haim was the general manager in the terms of like how we view that position. He was the decision maker. I always felt like, you know, and so Halloran stays on as executive VP. And it's like, I don't understand it. Did he just come to them and say, listen, I'm real happy. My wife, I'm settled in here. I got my kids. I don't want to move. I don't want to go anywhere. What do you got for me? And they kind of threw him a position because the next guy that comes in, he may want to hire all these new people, right? So I thought that was a little strange timing of it. And I don't know if they stick internally. I will tell you right now, Eddie Romero. If they stay in house, should be the guy. That's, that's what I'm. Go.
2: That's what that's what I'm wondering, Lou. Is that if they already know? Because we've now talked to Cora the last two weeks, and Christian, tell me if I'm mischaracterizing this. It was uh, two Wednesdays ago. I directly asked him. I'm like, hey, do you feel like your job is in jeopardy? And he's like, nope. End of the year, we'll go to the press conference. We'll start getting ready for next year. Mm -hmm. And he did give us a very similar answer this Wednesday. So there is the part of me that wonders if Cora is really comfortable about this because everybody kind of knows what might be happening.
1: Well, two comfortable signings would be, like I said, Eddie Romero. And I don't want to use the comfortable because I still think he's qualified. I think he'd be very good. He's in-house. He's been here forever, 18 years. And the other one is Mike Hazen. And I think we mentioned that to you guys before. Mm -hmm. He'd be the first phone call. Um when Heim was let go and he's a guy that's name has come up. He's been in the organization before too. So is that an indication of why Brian O'Halloran's sticking around because two guys he's very familiar with and have worked with in the past might be the answer? Maybe. I have absolutely no idea.
0: So I asked Cora this and I'm curious to what you would think. Is uh what what is important for a manager? Like not a manager, but a for a GM. Like what's the most important thing for and in, in regards to this team for this guy to be? Talent evaluator.
1: And I think for outside the organization and within the organization, look at your farm system. The guy, this guy, William Abreu, by the way, and and he wasn't even, he's not a top 100 prospect. I don't think he's top 10 in the Red Sox farm system. He's the best young hitter I've seen, like, initially since Devers. You know, like, Duran didn't come up and do this. Like, Casas didn't do this. Like, this kid's command of the zone. So to me, it's like, okay, where are my top 15 prospects. Okay, let me evaluate them. Who's really good? And who's not? Like, who's a big leaguer? Who's a fringe big leaguer? Who's an impact big leaguer? So I need to evaluate my own talent, know who I'm trading and who I'm not. And then I also need to go out and evaluate other talent of bringing guys in. You know, what am I, you know, what am I seeing that others aren't? And the reasons why I like this free agent or that free agent. Well, how, can I, how can I make him fit? What am I seeing, right? So I think those are the two biggest things. And then in terms of maybe what did Hyman, you know, some communication skills within organizations to be able to pull off a trade.
2: Lou, the other thing that I sort of worry about in the next head of baseball ops is, or should I be worried, I guess maybe is what I should say, is is mm-hmm. that if a guy gets in there who, like let's say Cora ends up getting bumped up, right? Yep. Is there something to uh, worry about by having a field manager be the GM because they will very much look at things in the short term like a manager. Do you have to get somebody that thinks long term, but not as long term as Hein Bloom, if you know what I mean?
1: <laughs> yeah, and I think that's kind of just based on your background. And I would agree with you. Like, like if I was the manager and Cora was GM, I would be ecstatic because I know that he knows what I need. You know, and when I come to him and say, dude, I I I you know, I need a high leverage guy. I need a right-handed bat. I need this. I need that. And he, as a manager background, he would probably want to give him that. But I think Colbert is smart enough, or any other player that went to a front office is smart enough to know that that's the that's going to be the fight for them. Is to like you know think long term a little bit more than maybe short term, which is what I want to do.
0: You know, Lou, just thinking about like the the rest of the league and other GMs that may be in trouble. You know, you look at, uh, you know, what uh, what the Angels did with Hotani. O- mm-hmm. uh, and you look at what the, the Yankees are, are not doing. Like another year of not leading up to, uh, not getting into the playoffs, both uh, Brian Cashman and even the Padres with all that money that they spent and no return. Yep. Do you think it's going to be like a, Bruce, like a real tough week next week for a lot of these uh, managers? Well, yeah, managers, I, I don't GMs. know about
1: – yeah. Like managers that, that could happen. You know what I mean? Because to me, it's like, you still, you look, and the problem is like is you get guys like Bob Melvin's out in San Diego. Right. And you're like, okay, that is a well-respected manager. It's not like you gave some young kid a shot and it didn't work. And then you just move on and get somebody else like Buck Showalter. I could see him then moving on from him and just going in a different direction. So, yeah, I think some managers will go. I don't know if you're talking about GMs. No, I was
0: talking about GMs, yeah. I mean, yeah. like Cashman, all those guys, like the, the Padres, all those guys that spent all that money. Cashman, who seems like has a lifetime yeah. contract, who will never leave. Yeah, and that's
1: right. It goes back to, like, each individual situation because, again, if you're an owner, it's like, I'll, I'll give you the okay to go put, you know, $300 million on the field uh, as long as we win because if we don't win, then I'm going to be pissed off at you by the way you spent your money. So whenever those expectations are high, people lose their jobs.
2: Uh, two other things to unpack here. Number one, I was on the social media yeah. and saw that you were out and about last night, Lou Merloney. Big man around town hanging out with a bunch of Bruins, I saw. I, geez, I
1: didn't see anything about that stuff. Oh, I okay.
2: Was. I didn't. Yeah. Oh, okay. And uh, uh, what did you get Fourier for his birthday? Fourier's <laughs> birthday,
1: yeah. Well, he, there's, there's going to be some tequila coming. That's that for sure. Boy. Oh,
2: I was going to say he. You know where he's at. He's celebrating in New York City. So much for the uh, birthday yeah. sex oh. tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey, Fourier,
0: are you yeah. going to a show?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: no let's go do a shoe show, ladies and gentlemen.
2: yeah. I may get a
0: foot massage
1: somewhere around here. I'll find something. No, I was just saying that like, last time I was on we were talking about me being in New York and going to the show you know with staff, yeah, but I'm so. solo.
0: Oh okay, oh okay. yeah, I'm solo. Okay.
1: You're going to a different show.
2: Next to the <laughs> stage, Angel <laughs> Monica will Mercedes. be up. Sadie. Monica's on the upstairs stage in five minutes, everybody. Yeah, hey, it's a two for one dance night. Make sure you get in early. <laughs> this is a cash only establishment, ladies and gentlemen. Oh man, That'd Luke, be good. Thank you, buddy. We appreciate it. We'll uh, we'll put. The, how about this? We will put the season to bed with you next Friday. Oh, My
1: God, hopefully they're at seventy nine wins, Foyer.
2: Oh, oh man. man. How unbelievable would it be, Lou, if he lost by the by the hook, by the half game? A Stupid lot of
1: hook. people sweating at both ah, sides. Ah. Both sides.
2: No, you know what? You're exactly right, Lou. That's yeah. good stuff. Thank you, brother. Talk to you soon.
1: All right, guys. Have a great week. There
2: goes our uh, guy, Lou Maloney, with us on the Harbor One Hotline. He is brought to us by Shaw's and Star Market, where you can win free groceries in their Grand Slam Summer Sweepstakes.